Unmanned aircraft, VTOL on demand, commercial space flight. What's the future of aviation technology and how will it affect your business aviation operation? From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Pete Combs with your trusted source for business aviation news. For years, NBAA has been at the forefront of emerging technologies in aviation. You see evidence of that at our regional events, and of course you see it every year at NBAA's Business Aviation Convention and Exhibition. And now, NBAA itself is changing, creating a new committee of NBAA members to better help lead the way in the development and use of these exciting new technologies. Joining me now, Brad Hayden. He's the president and CEO of Robotic Skies in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He now chairs the new Emerging Technologies Committee. Paul McDuffie at Boeing is the committee's vice chair. He's speaking to us now from Daytona Beach, Florida. And from NBAA headquarters in Washington, D.C., Heidi Williams is the association's director of air traffic services and infrastructure. She's also the staff liaison for the new Emerging Technologies Committee. Heidi, before we talk about the committee itself, let's spend a moment talking about some of NBAA's work getting to this point in bringing the issue of emerging technologies to the forefront. NBAA has been active in this space for many years. We've participated on a number of FAA's aviation rulemaking committees, which are called ARCs. So everything from remote ID to UAS and controlled airspace, and then recently on number of commercial space ARCs, looking at spaceport categorization, and as well as airspace prioritization, which really encompassed our manned community, as well as all of the new entrants, new type of emerging technologies that we're trying to merge into today's airspace. So we have been very active in a number of standard setting bodies, both domestically and in the IKO arena. So certainly recognize the importance of this emerging space. And I think we need to spend a little more time, resources, and tap into the expertise of our business aviation members and potentially new members on this emerging technology, things like urban air mobility, UAS, commercial space. So Heidi, tell me a little bit about the actual process of standing up this committee. You know, we've for about the last four to five years been operating a UAS working group under our business aviation management committee. And, you know, we kicked off uh, looking at UAS, doing some initial integration into our management guide on UAS practices and how we thought that space was going to evolve, at least for the business aviation community. But it became really clear to us we we needed uh, a greater focus on this and also needed to expand beyond UAS because There's some emerging technologies with urban air mobility, with eVTOL, with AI that honestly, we needed a greater focus and needed to expand the role of that working group. So we ultimately decided to go to our board and and talk about a standing committee. Um, And when we developed that standing committee and the scope and the charter of that committee, 
we recognized uh, that that this was uh, this was well beyond UAS. So that's really the process internally. We we went to our board. We talked to them. They certainly supported the establishment of a committee that's looking at all things that kind of encompass emerging technologies. Brad, of course, you're the new chairman of this committee, and you're very familiar with just how quickly we've seen advances in these fields. You know, not only is the industry advancing, but regulations also having to advance very quickly to catch up. So if you would, tell us a little bit about how you see this process unfolding and how you see the committee's part in all of that. This year's been an exciting year for regulatory developments for the unmanned space. We've been given direction from the regulatory authorities. We've seen an NPRM for UAS flights over people. We saw an ANPRM for SUAS safe and secure operations. We've also seen Google Wing, for example, get a Part 135 certificate, operator certificate, to be able to uh, conduct drone delivery within the test sites and the integration pilot program areas. BNSF is another example. They got a Part 91 operator certificate. Amazon and UPS have both applied for operator certificates to conduct operations. So we're starting to see the regulatory framework be put in place for these types of, of automated operations to take place, which is really laying the groundwork for what we're going to be seeing going forward into the urban air mobility space. So we're starting to see a path forward for us being able to uh, conduct these types of operations in in the airspace. We're also seeing uh, a lot of increased harmonization of the global industry standards. So uh, we're seeing movement along ASTM, ANSI. Uh, We're seeing, you know, ICAO from a global level. So really exciting things on the regulatory front. It feels like we're starting starting to see the progress that's going to be required for us to be able to implement uh, these types of operations. Um, Also, we're seeing some really interesting complex use cases that are starting to come out uh, within the industry along the lines of drone delivery, not just consumer drone delivery, but business-to-business drone delivery as well. So things like drones being able to deliver supplies to ships and harbor, for example. These are the types of use cases that are really going to make a difference to the industry that are that are going to be able to move it forward, that are also going to be very pertinent to our MPAA members. Heidi, Brad mentioned with all these new technologies entering the airspace, we're not only talking about unmanned aircraft systems, but also the potential for autonomous vehicles taking people from point A to point B. It seems a lot like unmanned traffic management, UTM, is a big part of this process. So if you would, please tell me a little bit about how you see the committee addressing that particular issue. You're absolutely right. Uh, UTM or unmanned traffic management is certainly going to play a critical role, especially in that lower altitude spectrum. So typically what some refer to as uncontrolled airspace, uh, at least in that lower altitude stratum um, where we don't typically see air traffic management enacted for the most part, there, there appears to be an opportunity for a lot more activity in that lower altitude stratum or is certainly Um, some autonomous or UAS, UAM type of activity in a metroplex environment where we typically already have very dense uh, traffic operations. And to add to what we have typically referred to as ATM or air traffic management, 
um, and and rely on controllers to manage that traffic would be uh, almost impossible, if not incredibly difficult. So there's you know this concept of UTM where we could potentially have those lower altitude um, operations using autonomous vehicles to be handled through unmanned traffic management system. It's a networking of systems. This was a concept that was initially developed by NASA. They've worked that concept for a number of years with inputs from much of the industry. And so it's something we've been following as they do that tech transfer from NASA to FAA and and explore this UTM arena, I think the uh, committee's focus and and scope uh, of our activities will be to become much more involved in what that that looks like and how that uh, evolves into an integration of these new emerging technologies into the airspace. I'd like to bring Paul McDuffie into this conversation at this point. Paul, just like committee chairman Hayden, you seem to be very much immersed in many of these new technologies. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, Horizon X is uh, relatively new to the Boeing company. It was founded you know, roughly two, two and a half years ago. Um, I've, I've been with them oh, about a year and a half now as, uh, as the organization grew. Um, Horizon X was... It's really unique to Boeing. Um, the, the primary purpose for Horizon X was to go out and look for opportunities that uh, traditional Boeing business units would or really could not go out and pursue on their own. Um, all of the things that we look at are, are all within the overall Boeing strategic scope in terms of where we want to go in the transportation mobility disrupting market. Brad, this is a lot for this new committee to take on. What do you see your priorities as being in the next, oh, year, maybe two years? Well, obviously, it's going to be around integrating these emerging technologies that we're seeing come to fruition. You know, again, Heidi mentioned the intersecting technologies uh, that are really enabling a lot of these advancements in the industry. So if you're looking at technologies like aircraft electronics and what we've seen in advances just over over um, GPS and the digitization, if you will, of, of the air traffic control system. Uh, increased power plant efficiencies, uh, including battery technology, um, automation, and ultimately even artificial intelligence. There's going to be an enormous opportunity to build aircraft that will be truly revolutionary in nature. And Again, we're already seeing these technologies support innovation in unmanned aircraft today, um, and those same advances are being extended to support this urban air mobility vision um, that will include these automated operations, things like drone delivery and, and autonomous air taxis. And these are going to be completely integrated into the national airspace system and are going to impact our, our current members, but also uh, will impact uh, other companies that are quickly coming to the realization that they are, in fact, not just technology companies, but also aerospace companies. They're developing aerospace products. And as an industry organization, we need to be ahead of these developments so that we can really best guide and uh, represent our member companies into this new era of aviation. So it's really going to be focusing on areas that are going to be pertinent 
to this this new technology development. Um, so things like uh, how are these aircraft going to be developed? How are they going to be certified? Um, how are they going to be operated within the system? Um, what kind of hurdles are we going to have to overcome from a regulatory and a standards development front? And how can we best represent these companies and their interests going forward? Uh, really, everything that's going to be involved that is going to impact uh, the implementation of this new technology to get us to realizing this urban air mobility vision. So again, for as an industry and also for our member companies. So we'll be concentrating on those items that they will bring to us. What are the hurdles that they're seeing? What are the things that they're having to uh, they're having to overcome to be able to to develop their products and, and bring those products to market. And it's going to relate to everything again from you know, not just building the aircraft and building the different components and the technologies, but also the supporting infrastructure that's going to be required um, to actually enable this this future vision. And that's going to include everything from, uh, you know, the support to training to ground handling, all those different aspects of operations that we deal with today and manned operations that are going to basically be paralleled in this in this uh, unmanned or this autonomous environment as well. Brad, in your backyard there in Albuquerque, you will have a tremendous spaceport and it continues to grow. And that brings up the question, how do you see commercial space entering the equation when we start talking about emerging technologies in business aviation? Well, I think it's a great question, and and, uh, and I think that uh, you know what's really exciting about commercial space is the aspect of not just taking tourists up in, into space, but also uh, can we deliver uh, other types of, of cargo and and uh, other 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 types of real commercial applications beyond taking taking people up and, and showing them space and bringing them back. I think that's where it's going to start. But I think that we're going to see, just like we're seeing with unmanned systems, we'll start to see more complex use cases being developed. And I think it's going to be a huge segment of, of the future of business aviation environment. Um, you know, space is the, the, the big frontier, if you will, of, of where we go next. And I think that's going to uh, be something that we're absolutely going to need to be able to support. I think there's a lot of companies that are going to be building not just the uh, aircraft or the, or the uh, airframes that are going to be going into, into space and, and uh, delivering people and delivering cargo. Uh, but there's also going to be, again, the entire infrastructure that's going to be required to support that, which is going to be huge. And we're seeing that already down here in, in New Mexico with uh, what we've got down here at the spaceport. I mean, that's no small facility and uh, requires uh, you know, quite a bit of, of uh, uh, infrastructure to support that. And, and there's going to be a whole industry around that aspect of the segment as well. Paul, tell me a little bit about your role as vice chair on the committee, and what do you hope to bring to the committee, and what would you like to see accomplished? First off, you know, I want to congratulate NBAA for even forming the committee and 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 thinking ahead, because you know clearly this technology and the uh, and these technologies are going to be transformative in the world of aviation. So um, I'm really glad to see them see them move forward in this space because I really think they you know really have the potential. To, um, to lead in, um, in the overall urban air mobility, uh, emerging technology realm. Really anything new 
from an emerging technology that's going to advance aviation usually finds its way into common use through business aviation. Um, you know, all of the real enhancements in flight control systems, navigation, communication, uh, you know, now even looking at things like supersonic business transport. Uh, I mean, these are, these are things that have, have really been, uh, you know, to overuse the word transformative in terms of how, how aviation advances over the, uh, over the years. So this, this seems like a, you know, a really a logical step for them, you know, and I hope that I can bring, you know, my, my half a century of, of, of effort and, and knowledge and experience and relationships to help, uh, to help MBAA move, uh, move this thing successfully forward. Heidi, it seems pretty clear that MBAA sees tremendous potential in these emerging technologies. The association obviously investing in methods to bring it forward and to address the needs within the business aviation framework. We, we really do see the value of all of these, these new activities, whether, I mean, I, I say new activities, but in all honesty, we've seen commercial space has been around for, for decades. So it, it's not a new activity per se, how we're operating and the frequency of those operations and that some of the missions are newer. Um, but, but we want to be able to embrace all of this, this new space, this new environment, um, and tap into the opportunities that are available for our members, but also to work that from the airspace perspective where we look at how do we merge or how do we transition rather from segregation, which is largely what we're seeing with some of these new entrant type of activities to a more integrated approach of, of operations. So, you know, it's always a, a crawl, walk, run, phased approach to everything. But honestly, we've, we've got to get to the point where we can integrate these activities. That's, that's ultimately the goal so that we can share what is really a finite resource. But, but we are, we're very excited about the opportunities. I think we're, we're, as an association, we're really excited about this new committee and the expertise that that, that committee through Brad and, and Paul's leadership will, will bring to this space. Because uh, I think NBA is going to be a, a key part of the discussion with industry, with FAA, with global folks like NSPs and, and, and ICAO in helping folks understand how we integrate, how that certification through Part 135 is tackled. So lots of opportunities where we have typically, at least in the man space, been very much a leader and an expert. And, and we want to offer that same expertise and leadership in these new emerging spaces where we can take lessons learned, take the experience that we have as an industry and parlay that over into this new space so that we can move forward to that walk and run phase of, of integration just a little quicker. Heidi, you mentioned crawl, walk, run. Where are we now in that process? Are we walking at this point? I think that's very true. You know, we, we've had uh, over a decade of experience with UAS, uh, actually probably a couple decades if, if you look at the fact that DOD and others have 
utilize the technology for years. So certainly lots of lessons learned that we're now applying. And as Brad recognized, there's been a lot of activity on the regulatory front this year in starting to put forward some some rules of the road and tapping into that those years of experience in operating the systems, the data that's being collected through the UAS test sites, through the uh, integration pilot program that FAA and DOT have stood up. So I think we are definitely in the beginnings of the walk phase, you know, maybe on some of the other fronts with UAM and uh, others were were maybe still in the crawl phase, but I think all of that's going to come together and be able to move forward at a, a, a very, um, at, at least a very um, good pace. You know, I we're getting there. We're getting there. I think we're going to see a lot of activities again on that regulatory front moving forward, probably in the next year to 24, 48 months. Um, so we're excited about what lies ahead. If I may add on Heidi's comment, especially regarding when we look at product life cycles or development cycles that we're used to in aerospace, you know, we because of the safety focus of our industry, our, our development cycles are, are really much longer than what we see in technology corporations, for example. And and in high, the high-tech world, it's all about developing fast, failing fast, et cetera. Of course, that doesn't translate very well to the aerospace uh, aerospace environment. So a lot of what we're seeing is almost a clash, if you will, between uh, high-tech companies that are coming into the aerospace area and, and trying to develop products in this fail-fast mentality, while we take a very measured approach from the traditional aerospace industry, the answer is going to be somewhere in the middle because we need to to, to get to this vision that we have of urban air mobility and, and automation and AI. We absolutely have to develop uh, much faster than, than we're used to developing in the aviation space. So how do we balance that innovation and safety culture. And and that's something we're dealing with as an industry. And I very much feel that that's something that we're going to be dealing with on our committee as well. How do we balance these two really competing objectives of developing very quickly, bringing products to market quickly uh, against how do we develop in a, in a safety-based culture, if you will? That's Brad Hayden, president and CEO of Robotic Skies. He's the chairman of the new NBAA Emerging Technologies Committee. We've also been talking with the vice chair of this new committee, Boeing's Paul McDuffie, and with NBAA's Heidi Williams, who's the director of air traffic services and infrastructure and the association's liaison with the new Emerging Technologies Committee. You can learn a lot more about the Emerging Technologies Committee at the NBAA website. Go to nbaa.org slash emerging dash tech. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan podcasts at Apple's iTunes website, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, or you can download them from nbaa.org. I'm Pete Combs. Thanks for listening to Flight Plan.